0: you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reifer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, who is still at Rupp Arena as we record this at 1.20 in the morning, following Kentucky's 81-73 loss on senior night to Tennessee. Uh, Running Nate Sistina's senior night. He had that follow dunk right before halftime that gave him his his nice moment. Uh, but it that turns it. out uh, – con- <laughs> That was it for yep. him. Uh, yeah, it turns out that was, that was pretty much it. And um, now, you know, Kentucky, it doesn't hurt them uh, as far as, you know, the SEC and all that stuff. But it still looks like a bad loss. I mean, you're talking about a game where – Uh, the under 16 timeout Joe Lenardi comes on the broadcast and and says that uh, yeah UK's moved up uh, to a two seed in the west and then after the game he puts out his up-to-date bracketology and Kentucky has dropped to a three seed in the midwest which is actually not too bad because the midwest means you know Indianapolis and possibly St. Louis and then moves U of L up to the two, so yeah. like they lose to Tennessee, and then Louisville takes their two seed in the same yeah. night.
0: Well, I don't know that you can complain a whole lot if you're Kentucky after blowing a game like this. Uh, yeah, you, you've got Evansville, Evansville, Evansville on your on your resume. You've got Utah on your resume, uh, and you your claim to fame was that you had not, you know played poorly in any of the other games even the couple you lost you were in at the very end well this one is a bad you know a relatively bad opponent you've already beaten once on the road at home and you got them down 17 it's like like the crazy thing is how how much it swung in the span of you know half an hour in real time where Kentucky is thinking okay they finally proved they can smash somebody and instead It's this epic collapse. And, I mean, just an epic. All systems failure. Um, Yeah. You know, the guards just went ice cold. They took every shot over the last four minutes, the the three guards and and our guys. Hoops Insight had some stuff about that where they've really been ball dominant in the second half of games lately. And it's starting – Starting at the end of the Auburn game, it's kind of their, their shooting percentage is really on the decline. And so when they take every shot and you stop going inside to Richards and Montgomery, um, you know, that can be a problem. Well, they went the guards went two for nine over the last four minutes, and each of them did just staggeringly bad things. Uh, yeah. Tyrese Maxey threw it off of Nick Richards' face on one of the late possessions. Even after they'd blown the lead, they had a chance at the end, several chances, to still pull it out. And Tyrese Maxey throws it off Nick Richards' face. And uh, Emmanuel quickly takes a shot with 18 seconds on the shot clock from the logo. Uh, Ashton Hagens turns it over. Ashton – Nick Richards gets a a defensive rebound late in the game uh, poked away from him. uh, And he and Ashton Hagens get in an argument. And they continue to argue basically for the rest of the game. Um, I think, you know, Calipari got into it with some of the guys – um it was just it was a meltdown i mean
1: two of Hagen's three turnovers came in the last three minutes you know with with 68 66 kentucky down two
0: yeah yeah it was it was not a good night for ashton uh just attitude wise body language wise you know couldn't couldn't make a shot again uh, in long stretches missing layups um you know, Kentucky was shooting fifty-five percent when they took that seventeen-point lead with sixteen fifty-four to go, and they finished the game seven of twenty-three. The mm. crazy number for me is they gave up fifty points in the second half. Yeah. Tennessee. They got out rebounded twenty-three to twelve in the second half. And well, then the-
1: Tennessee shot fifteen of thirty, which is the highest. Uh, percentage that anyone has shot against Kentucky since that Vegas trip when back-to-back Utah and Ohio State sh- shot 50% or better. And Kentucky leads the SEC in field goal percentage
0: defense. Yeah. Uh, and historically, yeah, that... 53% for the game, actually. Yeah. So, um... John Fulkerson, the mop-top <laughs> John Fulkerson, uh, who drew all the fouls in their first meeting, just lit him up. I think he made his first eight shots or something. Ended up scoring 27 points on Kentucky. I mean, they got punked by a kid who, you know, looks like he's playing the, you know, flute in the band. I mean, I, I just <laughs> I just uh I can't really fathom that. And I think that 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 was the thing that seemed to really bother Calipari is like, "Look, you know, the game got tough and they they just beat us down, you know, the Kentucky's guys weren't up to that challenge, and Nick Richards ends up with 12 points and nine rebounds, but he was he was largely not up to that challenge. Uh, EJ didn't play great. Nick Richards Michigan. is
1: not winning SEC Player of the Year. No, that's And he's not, not going way. to be an All-American, not first team anyway. No. Luca Garza, Yudoka Azebuki.
0: No, that's over. I mean, he's really regressed here lately, and that's a bit of a concern. He's backed up as some guys have tried to bully him. I think that book is out on him a little bit. His game is, you know, limited to these handful of things he can do really well, and you try to take those away, and you do try to bully him, you do try to get fouls on him. Um, you know, so th- there is some concern there. I don't think, I don't think you want to, like, way overreact to this one result because I, I, don't, I do not think it was somewhat predictable that they would come out, you know, and get challenged in this game after clinching the SEC. Uh, on Saturday, it's eight straight wins for them, as we said, 12 out of 13, 16 out of 18. You know, they, they'd been on a roll. I think they'd begun to believe that they were never going to just all the way below one of these leads because they, they, mm. let, they, they let them shrink away and then they finish it off at the end. Well, today they just got all out of sorts and couldn't make a play at the end. Uh, yeah. And it bit, it bit them in the ass. But I, uh, you know, so I don't want to overact too much, but I think that the thing that you – it's so shocking. It's not that they like came out flat and Tennessee challenged them. T- Tennessee's a little playing desperate. Kentucky's, you know, has locked up a championship already. But it's it's that they looked great and then just completely let go of it. You know, yeah. this this was their chance to make a statement like that, yeah, we can we can do this. We can blow somebody out. It's the one thing everybody's been talking about with them. And they had they actually had that chance. Uh, and not only did they not finish it. You know, in impressive fashion, they just just face-planted. I mean, completely face-planted. And really in every facet of the game, every single guy had a hand in that. Um,
1: They gave great cause for concern for March is what they did.
0: Well, yeah, that you have one night like this in March and it's all over.
1: Yeah. Well, look, uh, we'll we'll discuss this uh, much more as we continue here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. We're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast and Kenny Payne came out uh, to the Rupp Arena crowd for the post game um, UK Radio Network interview instead of Calipari and Kenny Payne pointed to Nick Richards as one who he said was a non compete tonight in his words uh, that that he just didn't bring it, uh, that he just didn't compete and fight and he Said how disappointed he was in that, and then, you know, of course, Calipari said afterward that physical play has been a concern, and if we don't play physical, we're not going to advance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. You said it was Nick Richards that he said was a non. Kenny said was a non compete. Yes, um, he said
1: he was a non compete for me tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I. It's hard to argue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I said, you look at his final number and it's fine. You know, he'd made his free throws, 8 of 10, got his points. But one one issue, they couldn't get the ball into the post. And I don't know if that was more about the guards being selfish or about Nick not establishing position. Um, but we do know that, you know, I mean, how do how, how do Pons and Fulkerson score 42 points on them? Well, Ponds
1: hit a couple of threes and then hit a mid-range jump shot, and he was open yeah, on. He all made of everything, them, you know?
0: and then, you know, and and the other thing to note is Tennessee got back. Uh, uh, James, uh, gosh, I always forget he has the hyphenated uh, Josiah, Josiah Jordan, Jordan James. James. James, yeah, their five-star recruit who Triple has, J has missed some games. He he did not play in that first meeting, and he looked like a five-star recruit. He had sixteen points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. Um, so this was this was a little different Kentucky or Tennessee team, but as Cal as Calipari said very plainly, uh, you can you can reduce everything else away to this point, and that is if you're upset, what he saved. If you have a 17 point lead as a coach, you should win the game. Come on, yeah. we got manhandled. I got manhandled. Um, yeah, and you're right. He said there's two things: if we don't play physical, we're not going to win. We won't advance. And the second thing is this team is tied to each other. Uh, so that's interesting too. And you know. Johnny Juzang and Emmanuel Quickly and Tyrese Maxey all said essentially the same things afterwards that you know Calipari's message in the locker room was stay together. Um, so that's a little alarming, like that there was you know you've won all these games and you lose one and now it's like are are you fracturing? Uh, well, we
1: saw the Ashton Hagens, Nick Richards, yeah, you know, and back you know what, and forth you know on the
0: court uh, just a day after all the talk about all the bonding they'd done and all that stuff, you do wonder. One of, the, one of the problems of promoting guys for things is that means you're not promoting other guys. Right. Uh, and, you know, pick Nick, and then pick Nick and pick Quick. Uh, that leaves out Ashton Haggins. Yeah, it leaves out mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey, who's been playing great. And, you know, for most of the game, I thought Maxey was really good. He scored 21 on 15 shots, uh, made his first – I think he started, like, You know, six of seven from the field and two of two from three. Uh, He cooled off. Uh, I thought it was weird that they didn't really kind of put the ball in his hands more uh, at times late, although, like I said, he had a crazy turnover at the end. But, uh, you know, that excludes some of those guys. So I think it it gets hard to stay together. And then you a guy like E.J. Montgomery feels like fifth, big-time fifth fiddle. Um, Well, it was
1: that thing where the team went to that Dance Blue marathon and they put out a video, UK did, of – you know, Nick's got the mic, and uh, Manuel Quickly's got the mic, and
0: I think. And then E.J. grabs the mic and says, pick E.J. <laughs> right,
1: right. <Yeah. laughs> After they had each said pick Nick and pick Quick.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, again, I don't want to overact a one game or one, you know, interaction or anything like that. Um, I still think Kentucky's got as good a chance to go on a run as they do to get knocked out early. Um but these are all little little red flags that little red flags that pop up that you know winning, winning is a good um, uh, cover up you know yeah. for things and they've had some issues even when in wins you know these letting the lead slip and Hagan's you know we we were even when they were winning we were talking about Ashton's Hagen's got to play better uh, play smarter more efficiently um, and you know when you finally lose one then you can you start examining those things even more closely so. This exposed some warts for sure. It exposed some, some trouble spots for Kentucky. If some they run, you know, you get, I'm telling you, if they play Kansas, I don't. I absolutely will not pick them to win uh, in the tournament oh. because Azubuki will just try to punk Nick Richards, uh, yeah. you know, out the gym and into the parking lot.
1: And if John um, Fulkerson can do it, or Folky as they called him on the podcast.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, don't want to overreact, but I think you have to react to some of this stuff and I think the one thing where if you're trying to like be you know positive about it is you can it's really easy to ignore your problems when you are winning like well it's fine we, we you know we always take care of this you know we mm-hmm. get it done right uh, you can't ignore it now like you lost to a not very good team that you're blowing out at home on senior night. Your last home game of the season, the last taste you left in your fans' mouth was this. And they're going to hear a lot of criticism now. Uh, And it may uh, refocus some guys. I think the other thing, I asked Emmanuel quickly, uh, is it going to piss some people off in a good way? And he said, if you're not pissed off, I don't think you're really a competitor. Uh, And he said, guys, he said, I think guys were really animated tonight because they care. If they didn't care, they wouldn't have said anything. In every relationship, people argue. In every good relationship, people argue. Um, Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting um, answer too, you know, about what was going on with Ashton and and Nick. But it, it could be a good thing. I, I I was I had people all flustered at me uh, on Twitter today because I raised the question: Does Kentucky need to lose before the NCAA tournament? Because if right. they had won all the way out, it'd be a 13-game winning streak, which would be would match the longest winning streak streak ever since the tournament expanded 37 years ago, something like that, 34 years ago. Yeah. Um, where uh, the longest winning streak by a team that event- that won the national championship. The interesting thing I looked up during Kentucky's 2012 year and kept updating in the year since was teams that win the national title really typically do not have long winning streaks going into it. And right. as people know, Kentucky started 38-0 and didn't win the national title. Um it's just hard. When you've won that many games, one, the pressure builds up the two, you start thinking like like I said, you, you start you kind of can ignore some of your problems and even great teams have problems. Um you start to think you're invincible and you don't get those wake up calls. And so um
1: you know Like well, Kenny Payne used that exact phrase. He said, Hopefully this is a wake up call.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I went and looked just at the most recent. So, so one thing: since the tournament expanded in I think 1985 to 64 teams, only three teams ever in that time, in over th- like three and a half decades, have had a double-digit winning streak going into the tournament and won the national title. Only three teams ever. Yeah. And in the in the recent years, Virginia won it last year. They had a zero-game winning streak going into the NCAA tournament. Villanova had a five-game in 2018. UNC, zero games in 2017. Villanova in 2016, zero games. Duke in 2015, zero games. Connecticut in 2014, zero games. Louisville in 2013, although not technically the national championship, champion, had 10. And Kentucky in 2012, zero. They lost in the SEC championship game. Um, Two of their last three national champions, 96 and 2012, they're probably their two best teams ever, lost in the SEC championship game. In both of those cases, you could argue that the coaches – if they didn't throw them all together, they weren't enthusiastically trying to win those conference title games. Because the wake-up yeah. call is a real thing. People, you know, yeah. I, I knew Kentucky was winning the title in 2012 when I saw how pissed off Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and some of those guys were in the locker room in Nash uh, in New Orleans at the SEC tournament.
1: Yeah, and Marcus T. Saying, uh, you know, this will never happen again. Yeah, this will never happen again. All right, more on this, uh, this brutal loss that Kentucky suffers when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. We're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This was Kentucky's first senior night loss since Billy Gillespie's last game in Rupp Arena 2009 against Georgia. Uh, that, that pretty much did it for him. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, a bad Tennessee team. I mean, Tennessee's not awful, but uh, to put it in perspective, Tennessee had been 1-10 in 10 this season when trailing with 10 minutes remaining. And Kentucky was up 60-53 with 8.16 to go. Tennessee goes on a 10-0 run in basically two minutes to go up 63-60 with 6.12 to go. Uh, and, and then... Kentucky still had its chances, and they still they played with a little bit more desperation. But then, they, yeah, I mean, the last three minutes, Haggins misses a three, wide-open three. EJ has a rebound, but then he turns it over. Maxie turns it over. Hagen's turns it over again. And they just, you know, kind of peed down their leg down the stretch when they thought they could just pull it out and turn it around. Uh, something else, uh, you know, Calipari talks about how what great friendship he has with Rick Barnes going back 35 years. And now Rick Barnes has an eight and seven record against Calipari. And then Kentucky is seven and eight in its last 15 games versus Tennessee going back to 2013. Uh, So, I mean this thing with Barnes with Tennessee, I mean, it's a real rivalry. I think UK has lost to unranked, uh, Tennessee team something like 14 times or something crazy like that. But there is one other little nugget uh, that was thrown out there in the uh, post-game notes uh, that tries to, to you know put a positive spin. Is that uh, the 11-point halftime lead that Kentucky lost is their largest blown lead at Rupp Arena since Ole Miss in 1998. Uh, and then UK wound up not losing another game. The rest of the way on the way to a national championship. There's been little nuggets like that about you know Kentucky has the the years that Kentucky has won in Knoxville. uh, I think they've gone to the Final Four or something like that, and uh, we've seen those little nuggets pop up here and there. But really, they don't they don't really mean much. They're just no. I mean no. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. They are just interesting, but they you know that you can't uh, you can't. I don't think you can. Hit your hopes to uh, to, the, to those things, you know, uh, bearing fruit uh, down the street. I mean, because all these streaks are made to be broken, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm sort of at a loss after seeing that unfold tonight. It, um,
1: yeah, because Kentucky was in complete control, and then and then it was like, oh well, here we go again. They're going to get it close. It's going to be in single digits. This has been this way all season. Kentucky's let's teams back in but then they always pull it out and then i'm sitting there when when uh tennessee took like the 63-60 or 66-63 lead cuz they took the 61-60 lead and i'm like oh okay well it was tied at 63 and then tennessee gets it to 66-63 and at that point i went they're going to lose this game
0: yeah yeah i started because- i started like thinking thinking the, the same thing with you know however many four or five minutes to go still, I thought this just feels like a game they've, they have completely missed their opportunity to put away. Yeah, because, and, you know, Hagan's had the free throws,
1: and he hits the first, but he misses the second. I'm like, ah, you needed to get the lead back right there. I know it's just one point, but it, it kind of means something. And then come right down and Pons nails a three. And then it's like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to let this one go. They're going to come.
0: It's interesting because, uh, you know, Tennessee has a chance to get really on the bubble. Um, going, Yeah, you had the Alabama
1: was trying to make that move, and they got beat by Vanderbilt in Tuscaloosa yeah. Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, but so but that you know. Throw they,
1: Alabama out. Mississippi State was trying to make that bubble move. South Carolina beat them. So, you yep. know, South Carolina, Tennessee, a couple of them that are. Making that little push.
0: Yeah, I mean Tennessee's got now beaten Florida and at Kentucky back to back, and then has Auburn at home Saturday. If you got if you beat Florida, Kentucky, Auburn to end the regular season, they've also got a win over Arkansas, a win at Alabama here in the back half of the season. Um, you know, uh, their their non conference neutral court win over Washington turned out to not be as good as they hoped it would be. Uh, they have a, a neutral court win over VCU. Um, you know, some, some okay, uh, wins in there, but I think, I think if you knock down those three, the top, basically, I guess what will end up being the top three teams in the league all in a row and then make a run to the, you know, say the final game in the SEC tournament, um, Tennessee would have a little bit of a case, I would think, because it would be, let's see, they get to 18, win two games in the SEC tournament get to 20 wins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know, be, but it'll be interesting. I I don't think Kentucky's goal was to help uh,
1: to no, help not, Tennessee's
0: uh, no. NCAA tournament resume tonight. I mean,
1: Kentucky, Auburn, and LSU kind of pretty much have those top three seeds uh, locked up. But that fourth seed going into uh, Tuesday night was Mississippi State at ten and six. Now they're ten and seven, tied with Florida was ten and six. So now if you know, Florida takes a loss um, to so Florida, Kentucky.
0: Florida loses loses its last two. Did Florida play tonight or tomorrow? I think they play tomorrow. Or I guess today, um, as people are listening. Um, yeah, right. so it could be a crazy cluster for the fourth uh, the fourth seed. By the way, uh, Kentucky, which was hovering forever at 26th in Ken Palm, and no matter how much it won, could not w- move up, uh, dropped four spots after losing Ooh. that. Game so now they're thirtieth. The highest ranked team in the SEC is thirtieth in Ken Palm. Yeah,
1: that's a little bit wacky, no cool. doubt about it.
0: the um, interesting to see the net. They got up to fourteen. They're going to probably take a little tumble in that as well tomorrow.
1: Yeah, they and they. I mean, they moved up to six on Monday. You know, in the AP poll, and you know all the momentum going their way. And it's just one one loss like this that can. Just switch it all back, turn everybody's well, minds around.
0: Yeah, the big problem for the big problem for a team like Kentucky where they've sort of been living on the edge all year and it's like, Well, they're winning, so what are you gonna say? They're winning. Win is a win is a win. That's fine, but people remain skeptical about you and then you crap the bed in a game like this, it just is reinforcement of what people thought. And it's it's right. very easy to go back to saying, ah, oh, yeah, this Kentucky team's actually not that good. Um you right. know, humans and computers alike. Computers have, have been steadfast in believing that Kentucky's not that good. Um, and now humans may may join them, especially if they go lose. The, the real danger here for Kentucky is you blow this game where you had a chance to just walk away with it, where almost Saturday at Florida wouldn't matter one way or the other. Like, yeah, you know, they got right. it wrapped up. They, they you know, that you lose mm-hmm. a, to a good team on the road, no big deal. Well, now you've lost this game. People are fighting with each other. You go lose at Florida. You've lost two in a row. You go, then what, get bounced by a team that's desperate in that first game on Friday? You know, a team that can punch its ticket to the NCAA tournament, and you've ended your season <laughs> yeah. on a three-game losing streak? It could go horribly wrong. No yeah, doubt about it. I've, I kept, I've said all through this whole podcast, let's not overreact. And that sounds a whole lot like overreacting, but it's also a totally realistic scenario now for Kentucky.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because Florida is – I mean, Florida played Kentucky very well in Rupp Arena. Now they're back home. Uh, I'm sure they're going to play with – you know, they'll get up for that game, no doubt about it. And then Kentucky is the one seed, uh, could, you know, wind up running into an Arkansas or, you know, and and they're just nailing threes and are hot or – Georgia playing desperate. You know, Georgia played them well. I mean, heck, Vanderbilt played Kentucky well twice.
0: I'll tell you what, if Kentucky ends the season on a three game losing streak at 24 and eight, they're not going to be a two or a three, and they might not be a four. They might be a five seed. Like, it wouldn't shock me one bit if they lost three in a row and ended up on the five line. So,
1: Calipari will be talking about a tweak at some point
0: in there if if that all unfolds yeah I mean the thing they can can also still win at Florida you know get get to the SEC title game which I don't think it would matter at that point what happens there and still be a three seed and everything's just fine two seed I think is pretty much completely wiped out by what happened tonight but I could still be a three and still be in the Midwest and still be I think just fine
1: yeah because on Saturday night you know Kentucky will if, if that happens Kentucky reaches the SEC tournament title game on Saturday Evening when the selection committee is trying to finalize everything, and Sunday morning Kentucky will have advanced to the SEC title game. That loss to Tennessee at home will be, uh, you know, removed by a Florida win at Florida and two wins in the SEC tournament, and uh, that could, yeah, I still think they could get to that three line. And like we said, Joe Lenardi, anyway, he's he's got him as a three right now, and if if that could all happen. The, you know, the best-case scenario here is that Kentucky's a three in the Midwest, uh, as Lenardi is predicting right now. And Kentucky starts in St. Louis, then goes to Indianapolis. And then you have that huge contingency of Kentucky fans because, uh, I mean, St. Louis is not far at all from Western Kentucky. I mean, it's not very far from Lexington, but Western Kentucky especially. And then Indianapolis, a three-hour drive from, from Lexington. And you have that huge um, – you know, Big Blue Nation crowd that follows you around. Uh, so that would be ideal, uh, the, the best-case scenario after this this loss to Tennessee. Yeah. All right, before we go, we're going to wrap it up here, but uh, just want to mention that if you didn't see it, Ryan Howard is the SEC Player of the Year as a sophomore, and UK's Chastity Patterson is the SEC Sixth Woman of the Year, and the Women's SEC Tournament starts this week. In Greenville, South Carolina, Kentucky's the three seed and will play its first game on Friday night around 830 approximately Eastern time against, I think it was either Ole Miss, uh, Missouri maybe, somebody else that's not very good. Or Tennessee, Tennessee would be the highest, I think Tennessee is a six seed. So one of those three teams uh, Kentucky would face in their first game in the quarterfinals. All right, so um, we will talk to you tomorrow, Kyle. Thanks for uh, for hanging out there and, and doing this.
0: No problem.
1: Until then, follow us on Twitter. I'm at d r i e f f e r.
0: Kyle is at. You forget it's so late. You forgot to spell your name. <laughs> How to spell yeah, I your did. name? <laughs> at, <laughs> at Kyle Tucker underscore a t h.
1: Have a great Wednesday, everybody.